wine. We are um, directly to Facebook. Yeah. But uh, hopefully next week we can uh, be more sophisticated and go directly to YouTube and Facebook and Periscope all at once. That's what we do at church. So We'll, we'll work it out. We'll see. Um, so we have a few uh, things we're going to talk about. Um, one having to do with um, an actress in Hollywood. Uh, this is from Gospel Coalition. And the other one's about uh, the future. Yeah, and the future itself. Yeah, I love the future. Yeah, it's so cool. Um, so what are we talking about first? We're going with the... um, so we got this Gospel Coalition article uh, called Why Hollywood Praises Elliot Page and Blacklists Me. So uh, we're talking about uh, transgender issues today. If you are not up on the story, here's the first uh couple of lines of the article. Uh, The world applauded the actress Ellen Page, star of Netflix's The Umbrella Academy and films like Juno and the X-Men series, when on December 1st, she announced her decision to become a man, changing her name to Elliot Page. Uh, Meanwhile, my decision to no longer identify as a gay man because I follow Christ is anathema in our culture. And so uh, Beckett Cook is the author of this, not a name that I knew before this article had you heard of him before? I had read, I think, an, uh, the, another article that he had written that was on Gospel Coalition because I recognized <clears> the name and I recognized his story. I guess that's okay. the thing. I recognized his story that he talks about in this article. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I thought it was I actually used this article uh, as the conclusion for my sermon on Sunday because um, I thought, uh, especially talking about identity. Especially, um, I think it's at the end of the article, the conclusion of the article that was really good. Right. So, so one thing I think to say uh, straight out of the gate is that it is unfortunate and a big problem that for a lot of people, their engagement with Christianity doesn't get to identity level. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, what we're going to be talking about today is an identity level gospel issue, which is the gospel changes your identity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And meanwhile, there's a claim, a competing claim right here that, well, I changed my identity uh, as Ellen Page uh, claimed uh, just last week that she changed her identity to male. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a result, that changed her relationship. She's uh, been in a relationship, a, a uh marriage with a woman, uh, and so that changes her relationship in that way. And so identity issues have always been present, but I think a lot of uh, engagement that people have, um, I I mean, it's it's always a question of what people even think the gospel is, Mm but think about Christianity. I, I, as a person who didn't grow up in church, anticipated when I came to the Bible that it would be a whole just list of like do's and don'ts. That's Mm -hmm. what I was I was uh, uh, ready Schooled. to expect, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and the the good news about Jesus goes way beyond do's and don'ts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we would label that a misconception. Right. Um, but we're getting to this issue of what is the authentic self. There's kind of a yeah. quest right now yeah. for. Isn't the, that the top of the pyramid? Right. Right. Yeah. And and so there's an answer uh, here, which is basically doing whatever is your deepest desire uh, is kind of uh, one answer that you hear uh, out in the culture. Um, But then if that is the answer, if that was the clear answer the culture was providing, well, that would be one thing, but it's clearly not because he's 
kind of, you can think of Beckett Cook here that in his ship, he kind of hit some rocks. Yeah. Uh, because when his authentic self turned out to be, I yeah. I have uh, this this is a guy who who he tells uh, openly in the beginning of the article. I mean, uh, here's a quote from him: "Quote with a with a highly successful career as a production designer in the fashion world, I lived as a fully engaged gay man in Hollywood. I had many boyfriends over the years. Attended pride parades in Los Angeles, San Francisco, and New York, and marched in innumerable rallies for gay marriage equality." Uh, my identity as a gay man was immutable, or so I thought. And so you can you can almost check a box from the start. This guy has lived a life, and supposedly in, in a lot of corners, people will say, "Well, you can't argue." Mm-hmm. But then what he's run into is people want to argue because an outcome is different than expected. That mm-hmm. is, uh, he went to a church service. Yeah. As a result, he says that he was at a coffee shop. Someone that he had just met, I believe that day, invited him to uh, a nearby evangelical church. He went, and he said two hours later he had had an encounter with the living Jesus Christ yeah. that changed him, that that led him down a whole different path, yeah. and that he is now living celibate. Mm-hmm. Uh, still with, he openly says, you know, look, I still have desires that the Bible calls illicit, as we all do who are mm-hmm. in Christ, would say openly, listen, the, all of my desires are not in line with what God would want them to be, but uh, I accept the reality of who Jesus says I am and, and who God says I am. Um, and, and so that's been his story, and that's been a lot of trouble. I, yeah, I don't, you don't, have, I don't think you have it in your notes here, um, but it's interesting later on in the article... He talks about a for, like a, an old friend mm-hmm. who's put, putting together this table, this coffee table book. Right, it, the book was called "The Authentics: A Lush Dive into a, subs, a subs, Substance of Style." Um, and he said, "Oh, I'd be a perfect person to talk about this with." And the person didn't didn't he he wasn't one of the list of people that this this woman wanted to to address and talk to about authenticity. And he's yeah. like, "Well, I." I realized that my true self was in Christ. How is that not? That's more authentic than anything you could possibly find out in the world. And, the, right. and that wasn't the authenticity that she was looking for. Right. It didn't fit the box that I think people in the fashion world in Hollywood are finding as the authentic self. What Ellen Page did, that's authentic. What right. Beckett did was anti-authentic in the sense that he was a gay man identifying as a homosexual but then realizing that that's not truly who he is. What he is is how God had made him, and so he finds that in Christ. But then, well, then you've actually gone backwards. Is what it kind of has as how he was treated. Right, and um, so I, in looking at this, there's a lot of layers to this story, and this is what you just brought up is a really good thing to say to kind of take this apart from the start. Which is, um, I thought that section of the article was fascinating because uh, Beckett Cook said to his friend. Well, wouldn't I be good uh, for yeah. your book then? Uh, and what the friend had asked for was people who were authentic mm-hmm. and photogenic. Yes. And he said he put in parentheses there, and by authentic, I think actually she meant fabulous. Yes, yeah, fabulous. And well, it's when she asked him for recommendations. Right. And that yeah. happens. Yeah, sure. th- those are things that happen. Sure, people, yeah, yeah, you know. But just the whole story is it's just so interesting. Sure. Um, but but this I think is the first major point to make, which I would 
man, I hope everybody would agree on, which is that we should use words appropriately. Yeah. If you mean authentic, say authentic. Say authentic. If right. you mean fabulous, say fabulous. say fabulous. We have all been, and we all, I think, do this, where we don't want to say what we really are wanting to say because it'll maybe raise some frustrations or concerns, and so you you use a word that might be more acceptable. But we should use words uh, like words were invented so that we could all refer to things that are not present. Right. And uh, we should use them as they are. It's a part of the reason we're having a lot of problems right now is because we've grown accustomed to not using words clearly, right, uh, properly and appropriately. And and this is, uh, you know, I, I never thought I would be the kind of person who's like having to be a stickler about you know these sorts of things. But it's like, guys, we've gone so far yeah. from using words in in our everyday uh, life as to what they mean, and that that we can't communicate clearly and effectively anymore. Um, and, and so that's the first thing I think to say that, and that he ran into is that the danger in saying, hey, do you know any authentic people, but meaning fabulous people, uh, one, I mean, it's unclear, two, it doesn't work very well. And that's a lot of what we're dealing with in, in all of this, Yeah, that you can't, if you're not using words rightly with your mouth, you're probably not using them in your mind, and so you don't think clearly and therefore you don't speak clearly this is just a big issue to start yeah. with well, I, I, you know reading an article on gospel coalition that uh, a friend an old friend from southern uh who was uh, love philosophy is actually a philosophy lecturer at south dakota state Mike, mm-hmm. michael burhal i don't know if you knew michael burhal i've heard the southern. name yeah so he wrote an article that was on the gospel coalition about atheism and theism but he talks about and c.s lewis talks about the certainty of words like the yeah. importance of Words meaning yes. a certain thing, and society is built, you know, on this idea that words mean something. That when you use a word, you there's a certain meaning that the person you're communicating to, or there's an understanding that we're using words that we all are accustomed to know what they mean. We're not using, we're, we're not so fluid with our terminology that, as the story shows, that I think do do you know of any authentic people actually? I'm really hoping you're defining it by fabulous. Like that's not how we right. do things. We talk. We use words, and if, and I think that's one of the that's one of the the byproducts of like uh, postmodernism. That you know, it's one thing for postmodernism to produce um, different ideas about gender, right? Uh, either male, female. That's all like kind of defined by who you think, how, what you want that to be. But I think the problem is that one of the big problems of postmodernism is like the this the fluidity of terminology and words, and it's led yep. to a lot of chaos yep. um, when we just we can't even be sure about the words we use. Right. Yeah. So that that's a really powerful place to start. Um, look, it, it is an important question: what is the reality of the authentic self? And not only is it an important one; it's one that humanity's been working on for a long time. Absolutely. It is one of the great mysteries of every person's life. Yeah. Who are you? Right. Um, and so there are some things that we can say today, but I, I want to first, I, I had this, uh, uh, I had this time this past weekend, uh, was at, uh, my in-laws house, uh, blissfully without internet, but oh, I found, uh, that on my tablet, uh, I had G.K. Chesterton's orthodoxy and I was looking through that and early in the book, he, he says, um, 
madness has always been around, but we are losing track of, excuse me, the thing that has kept people sane. And he said, I'm obviously going somewhere with this, but in chapter two, he says, but I, I will start here. Mystery has kept people sane. Aware, being aware of mystery, knowing that we are small and that we don't know everything. Um, and then also, though, acknowledging it and pursuing these yeah. mysteries. It's very good for humanity. Yeah. Does he say that the people that are mad, the people that you have to be concerned with, are the people who they feel like they have all their answers? That's right. That's right. That's an orthodoxy. Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> he does a really good job of, def- of just being like, you only tell you who's people that are really crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah, they're in the mental institutions. You know, the man who's con- yeah. convinced he's a poached egg. That's right. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, and and so here's the thing. I mean, I, I'm reminded uh, you've got uh, Augustine, you've got Calvin, some of the greatest thinkers in history open some of their major works by saying, I mean, Calvin opens in the institution. He says, there's, there's two things that I, I want to know. Uh, I want to know the mysteries of God, and I want to know the mysteries of myself. I want to understand, you know, uh, what do you want to know? In, in Augustine's soliloquies, he says, what do you want to know? I want to know two things, yeah. yourself, God, and myself. Yeah, because he's writing to the prayer. French king, right? Uh, yeah, that, Calvin. That, yeah, Calvin, yeah. yeah. And, and so that's a great, it's a great mystery. Who yeah. who are we? Who who are you? But it's one that, uh, that some of the greatest wisdom, one, uh, Christians have found it. I can be found in God, that he can help me to answer the mysteries that are about me, because we have mysteries about ourselves. We have things yeah. inside of us that don't make sense, right. and and not just um, yeah. There are there are sins that don't make sense, but we have conflicting impulses. I mean, yeah. uh, one of my favorite lines from an old Cademan's Call song: "I love anonymity and I love being noticed, just the same as anybody else." Yeah, I lo- I do. I love anonymity sometimes. I love being noticed, just like everybody yeah. else does. Yeah. And it's great to just stick those things inside and acknowledge that kind of stuff is there inside yeah. of your heart. Yeah. And so that mystery, one a- a- acknowledging the mystery, um, is huge. But what you run into here uh, is a peculiar kind of certainty. Um, that if you read this letter, uh, there's if you if you go to the Gospel Coalition website, uh, the letter from uh, Ellen Page, then become Elliot Page is included, that has this kind of odd dichotomy about it. It, yeah. it has this yeah. certainty. This is who I am right. now. Yeah. This is I. It's taken me a little while, but I'm so uh, happy to be here now. Uh, and then the second section. Uh, basically, don't come at me. Uh, you won't like what you get if you come at me with anything other than celebration for what decision I've come to. And, and I, there's no effort in what I just said to try to caricature it. If you read the letter, there is uh, there's a, a kind of a smaller section of proclamation and then a larger section of warning. Uh, yeah. the, and I didn't, see, I didn't read that, but I, did, I, t- I took the little... Quotes you put here in the yes. article, where she says, "My joy is real, but it's also fragile." Yep. Um, and then um, I'm scared. I guess she said this several times in the letter. Um, and he, and then she accuses those who disagree with her choice of having blood on their hands. And if anyone attacks me, uh, he won't or she won't be silent. Right. So there's a. And there's a sense where uh, she, and I think, you know, Becca gets into this. It's like, I'm going to pronounce something. This is who I am. However, it's fragile. And, and, and um, if you are, if you, 
it's on shaky ground, I guess, yeah. is, I guess, the point that Beckett makes. It's like, mm-hmm. so you make this, this huge declaration, you go within yourself to identify who you are, but then it's not even, it's not, there's no assurance in it. There's no, it's not rooted. It's, it's almost, it's a house of cards that it can easily be toppled over by accusations, um, threats, yep. disagreements, or any of these type of, of, of counter, counteractions to right. her statement. And, and so something that we can say as Christians about this is that, look, you are describing identity in a sinful world. You are describing what it's like as a person kind of floating through this world trying to find your way, and we have all experienced that. But it, this just drove me back to thinking about kind of foundational truths that you find in the Bible that, uh, that our identity comes through community. Yeah. You find out who you are. Uh, you're not some comet just flying through the universe. You actually uh, are a planet in an orbit. You didn't make yourself up. Um, and so you have an identity related to your community. Your relationships inform your community. The most important relationships being parental. Uh, and, and even beyond that is identity through sonship. But then uh, this is where Jesus, uh, in his words, become really powerful because just to go straight to the heart of how weird Christianity gets. I mean, Jesus, this guy who a lot of people think of as a mild-mannered uh, kind of hippie sort of guy yeah. uh, would say... Half to, angel, half hippie, I think it's... Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, would say to people, no, you're following your father, the devil. Yes. Um, to the Pharisees or... Um, and, and what he's getting at there is that uh, we are not the originators of the basic ways of life that that yeah. Satan is the originator of the sinful way of life. Yeah. And if you want to identify yourself by those means, you are following a trail that you're not the trailblazer of. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's that's where Christianity goes really quick. But Jesus says, listen, I, I've come to people who have life and have it to the full. Right. That looks like life over there, but that's death. That's the way to more confusion, more right. disappointment. Right. And, and so... There are, what makes this so fraught with difficulty is there are layers of identity. We all have layers of identity related to uh, things like parents, friendships, uh, our extended family, what we think about ourselves. And so... Sin that has been committed against us. Yeah, all these type of things, yeah. And it is a part of this life mystery. Uh, An integrated self is a goal. That's difficult. Yeah. But, But possible... A part of what I think you're seeing, I mean, I, I think one thing that I can help everyone right now is that what this assessment that what we are seeing is um, an effort to throw off every uh, encumbrance that history has provided for us and to start from scratch. Mm-hmm. Well, you can know that if you start from scratch, acting as if different uh, history didn't happen, you're going to make a lot of the same errors right. that have been made in history, and that's what you're seeing. Right. This is just a this is a basic error to just go, I can change something so fundamental as my gender. Well, you just can't. Right. I mean, this is an, an effort to do it. Look, this this It doesn't even matter if the former, you know, Democrat nominee for president and former Secretary of State and former first lady and former senator of New York says you can. Like that doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter how well known she know is and how powerful she is and how wise she is, it doesn't doesn't change the fact that you just said. Right, and, and she that's... Mentioned, she quotes, she, she, I guess she sends a fault, she retweets 
Ellen Page, Hillary Clinton does. Yes. And it's in the article. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so that uh, that's there. All this is embedded. I mean, this is the other thing, is that uh, embedded in the narrative of progressive ideas. Here's the thing. I really think if you got somebody uh, to sit down with you and had a, a, an honest conversation that answered this question that Beckett Cook has, why is my decision not celebrated? I mean, it's right. legitimate. Yeah, I think it's an interesting uh, Well, I think... I, I don't think they could answer you because there's a short-sightedness because you're living in this progressive vision. Well, the only reason that I can't celebrate Christianity is because I know it's been around a while, yeah. and we did that already. Right. Uh, oh, goodness gracious. I mean, there's a part of life that is like math. Look, you can't just blow off something because it's been here for a while. Yeah. You need to know why it's wrong, and yeah. if, it's, if you don't have a reason why it's wrong, well, then it's... You need to presume it's right, right? Uh, and 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 that's that's just present. I mean, logic works that way. Uh, when when you do use words the way that they mean, you can put them together in meaningful ways to sort out life. Mm. And so that's what you're running into here. Yeah, you know, um, and I, it is. It, it, it's just a, it's an interesting painting. You know, uh, you have Ellen Page, and then she comes out and says, now I'm Elliot Page, I'm a man, and I want to be a man. And former First Lady Hillary Clinton celebrates this. Sure. And then you have this man, Beckett Cook, who says, well, what, 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 I, Hillary Clinton wouldn't do that to me. For yep. me. Even if, you know, there, there's there's going to be no celebration. Um, and, um, and I don't think he's calling out for some sense of like, well, I'm due justice or anything like that, or I, I'm due some type of, you know... Um, recognition for my change and my mm. identity change and things. I'm, he's not asking for that. He's just, he's just showing the inconsistency that's going on. And, um, and I, I think only him and his story can write this article as well as he, as he does, because I like how he ends and talks about, I hope and pray that Ellen Page finds her true self through Christ. Sure. And I think that's, you know, that is someone who, like he he understands what she's going through, he understands quite well, and I think the the I think the way that some people who are maybe Christians or not Christians will read Ellen Page's story and go, I can't believe she wants to be a boy and know she's a girl, and kind of just kind of say it was this kind of idea like people who struggle to figure out who they truly are, I, what weirdos. But Beckett understands like. It's not that simple, right? And I think if you, I think if you if you if you really were honest with yourself, we've all kind of, yep. and you were talking about this earlier. Yep. Like it's so complicated yep. this webbing, and yeah, sure, integrating who we are is is very significant. Um, but what we're saying is is that Ellen Page will always struggle to truly define who she is because her creator is not involved in the in right. the decision making, you know. Um, and I think that's the, where she's going to continue to struggle yeah. to figure out who she, and I think Beckett's just saying like, she's always going to struggle to find who true, who truly is without Christ. Right. And everyone, if you're out there and you're listening to this or you know someone who's kind of going through difficult time of, I don't know who I truly am. Yep. That's what's going on. Yep. And, and I think a lot of times they, God's not involved. Right. And that's, uh, the part, the part of this to, to say, I think, openly uh, at this point is, it is brave 
and to be celebrated, to admit, one, there's a mystery about who I am, and two, to face it head on and go, I'm going to sort it out. But the further thing that I, I would like to ask that I hear you asking right now is be open to the possibilities. Uh, is Jesus a possibility in your life? Right. Mm-hmm. What if there is a God, mm-hmm. and what if the Christians are right, and they, they claim, listen, here's the wild thing. All these other religions are saying, we wrote this down, how you can fix your relationship with God. What if that was never going to work? So you need the God to come all the way right. down to you right. and present himself and say, let's work this out, right. which is what Jesus did. Christians claim Jesus has and done. Maybe in the manger. <laughs> right. That, yeah. that he came and said, you're not going to be able to sort this out right. on your own. Right. I will come down vulnerable as a baby. Yeah. I will put myself in a very dangerous... The Middle East has been dangerous for a long, long time. (laughs) And it was very dangerous then. And so this is why you see Jesus having to be taken, even as a baby, out uh, of his hometown and hidden in Egypt. and and, Should we brought back in. Right. Yeah. And that that God... This is the story of what God was willing to do to come to our rescue. I love John chapter 1, which, you know, John chapter 1 doesn't have a traditional... Jesus birth narrative, right? But right. it's profound, like, you know. Um, and that when he describes the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, it was in the beginning, all things were created through the Word. But then he says, like, life is in him. Life is in the Word. Yeah. And he's the light of men. Right. The true light is right. what it says. It's like, so what that means is, like, if you want life, it's in Christ. Right. But even if you want, like, like proper vision of who you truly are. Yeah. Like it's in the light bearer. Right. Right. And so like you have Ellen Page, who's not a Christian, who's trying to define, and I don't know Ellen Page. I've seen some of her movies, right? right? Juno is good. I like Juno and she's in one of the X-Men movies and she's in Inception. Inception is great. But uh, I don't know who she truly is. As a, I don't know her as a person, but she's asking and struggling to answer this question. Who am I? I don't right. feel like a woman. I, I, I feel like more like a man and I'm in this homosexual relationship with another woman and I think this is perfectly okay, I guess. And she's just kind of like going with it and yeah, she's got some people saying, oh, affirming, affirming, affirming. That's great. That's great. But even in her words, she says, but it's fragile. Yep. There's something, honestly, there's a fragility. And and so Jesus is saying, "Um, I understand your your struggles. I understand your weakness. I I came as a human into the world um, to show you how to be who you truly are. But as Beckett's saying, nobody's going to celebrate that. Right. So like, there is an issue there of looking to all right. Who am I? Oh, what is what is it? How what are people celebrating? Oh, celebrating bravery right. and cur- courage to go out and say, oh, well, maybe I'm a man. Maybe that's what I am. And and so that's celebrated and affirmed. But then the, the culture is not going to affirm you if you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You may actually lose friendship, right, sure. as Becca shows. And so there is a lot of um, consequences, but Jesus and then he even quotes the passage, they will hate you like they, they hated sure. me. The, sure. the world's not going to affirm you, how you, they won't affirm your, you identifying with me. But that is where the light is. Yeah. And it's, it is hard, and it is scary, and it is difficult, and it is also courageous. Let me read a, a section from him. I thought he was gracious, and, and this is how uh, I hope to behave about these issues. You know, look, uh, 
if I want to encourage people to face head on the mystery of themselves uh, today, people believe certain things can be changed about themselves that I don't. And, and look, I have thought about this. I've, you know, I, I, I am as open right now as I feel that I ought to be. And if I, I pray God, if I'm supposed to change, I would change. Um, so here's how he handles this. He says, surrendering my sexuality hasn't been easy. I still struggle with vestiges of same-sex attraction, but denying myself, taking up my cross, and following Jesus is an honor. Any struggles I experience pale in comparison to the joy of a personal relationship with the one who created me and gives my life meaning. My identity is no longer in my sexuality. It's in Jesus. The fundamental issue, he says, beneath the trans phenomenon is the fall. Because our primordial parents rebelled against God in the garden, uh, we all suffer from a distorted mind, will, and emotions. Our true identities in relationship with God were suddenly cut off. The only way back is through trusting in Jesus Christ. Reconciliation to God brings us back to our true, authentic self. Being in a right relationship with our Maker is nothing less than we were, than what we were made for. And then this last section, all of us experience dysphoria, he says, between who we are and who God created us to be. The answer to resolving this dysphoria cannot be found by looking within yourself or to others for approval. It can only be found by uniting yourself to Christ. I've discovered this freeing truth in my own life, and I pray Elliot Page and others will someday too. Yeah. It, 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 it is gracious. Look, there, there are issues in here that, again, there, there is... Uh, Wherever you are and whatever community that kind of you're operating in, um, there are categories here that that we can engage about. It's confusing being a person. <laughs> yeah, especially since the, since the fall. I mean, yeah, you, Adam and Eve knew exactly who they were. Right. They they that God created them. God put them in the garden. They Adam named the animals. They had dominion over the animals, and and they were given the fruit. They didn't have to worry about what they ate. God yep. gave them everything they right. needed. They weren't, they weren't told, by the way, um, after you've been here for a little bit, I want you to take a trip down to the other part of the land. No, no, you're here. Yep. I want you to expand the garden. That's all you have to do. Work yep. and keep the land. Yep. I mean, it's pretty simple. But then the fall happens. Then Cain's trying to figure out who he is. Now, you accepted my brother's offering, but you didn't accept my offering. It makes me really angry, and I'm jealous. And God's like, well, don't have envy, and that'll lead you to sin. It creeps at the door. And what does he lead up doing? He kills his brother. There's a lot of complicated right. things going on in, in Cain's heart during the time when he murders his brother, yeah. right? And so there's a complexity to humanity that starts yeah. right after the fall and continues onward. That's right. 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 And, uh, and nobody gets it right until Jesus. Right. You know, we, all of us, you know, we, we, uh, you and I, who are Christians, we don't identify ourselves as having arrived. We identify ourselves as people who know the one who has arrived. Absolutely. That uh, we are working out with fear and trembling uh, our own salvation and asking God daily, hey, you take the parts of me that are dead. Please clear those out. Yeah. Uh, I, I will discover new ones deep down. Uh, and and so that that is present for us. But against this progressive narrative that, that I just think is not helpful to finding truth. I mean, look, when Jesus was born in the Roman-flavored uh, Greek, uh, the, the Greek-flavored Roman society, let me say it that way, the Greeks precede the Romans. Look, homosexuality was 
completely present. And and it, it was not, I, I, you could basically say, no, it wasn't celebrated. It was just, it was there. Nobody cared. It, it, there are some stories that we're hearing right now that, look, it's, we, we know that there is a lot uh, that has happened throughout history, but the progressive narrative is just not true. It doesn't answer for what humanity has been sorting out. Uh, and, it, and it's not as if, you know, everything got figured out uh, in the last, say, 50 years, 20 years, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just not helpful yeah. uh, in that way. So the, the humanity's been working on this stuff for a long time. We, we do well to avail ourselves of more than just what has been going on for, say, the last... Well, it, it, I'm going to bring up Michael Burrell's article again. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're not talking about that one, but I, I want to bring it up again because I think it, he helped define some terms that I wasn't as aware of, but he, he was arguing that the new atheism and Dawkins um, and these guys and, and, and Harris are, they're not um, actually, they're, so their argument about what atheism is now is that it's not a worldview and it's not a belief system. Um, and therefore, it gives them the freedom, basically, to say, we don't have to define, we don't have to argue, we don't have to protect anything, because we don't have a belief. Hmm. The problem with Christianity, the problem with theism, is, is that, y'all, the burden of proof is on you. You have to produce evidence because you have a belief system. Mm-hmm. You have a worldview. We don't have one. So, in the sense, they're called a-atheists. They have no worldview at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, uh, and I think that's the reason why I bring this up because I think there is a lot of uh, un, there's a lot of foundations going on here that nothing is nothing is defined that there is no beliefs yeah. and so everything is and there's no burden of proof you don't have to defend it you don't have to protect it you don't have to um, present arguments and premises and conclusions for it um, it's unknown and it's purely built off whatever you want to be, to be built off now the Christian. Or we'll just say the um, um, the one who is arguing for that God created male and females, right? You're the one that has to create all the evidence. You're the one that has to present all the facts. You're the mm-hmm. one that has to present all the truth um, because I don't have to do any of that stuff. And I think um, this sense of like laissez-faire with truth, laissez-faire with terminology, laissez-faire with everything, it's, it's created a, a complete chaotic experience where people are trying to grasp anything they can find to help build this identity of who they are. Mm-hmm. And they can't say, well, I believe in a God who mm-hmm. created me because that's not even that. It's like, well, f- forget who cares. Like true, or not true. Why does that matter in the moment? Um, I have no culture. I have to really protect or be defined by, right. I don't even have to be defined biologically. And so you just, but the problem with that is the sense of ultra, ultra, ultra freedom. It's dangerous because you've got nothing holding you down. And so therefore, you are floating in midair without anything to tether yourself to. Right. And therefore, the wind will blow and literally knock you wherever. And you're going to go, well, I thought I found who I was. I thought I was celebrated. I thought I was affirmed that this is who I was. Something happens like that. And now I'm floating I don't know where I am. Then where else do I go? Right, and, it, and there's, it, sense, there's no hope. It's an idea that has seemed very attractive, but makes uh, makes for a lonely, empty life where you have no definite relationships with anyone. Right. Uh, they're all tenuous because you're tenuous because you're right. That's the issue. Day by day, right? Deciding based upon what what really seems to be whims, uh, who you are, and 
what matters. And relationships require commitment, yeah, yeah. uh, stability, and we, we have to have relationships. Um, so, And I think, you know, people can argue, well, you know, a man, a, two women or a woman who's now a man but is in a homosexual relationship, they can love each other. And I'm not arguing that they can't love each other. I think anyone who's going to argue, well, they can't love each other, it's absurd. Of course yeah. they can love each other. Yeah. The, I think the problem, though, is you, what you just said, though. When you have individuals who are not tethered by anything, I mean, they're just literally floating in obscurity and madness and this fragile. How can you possibly have a, a, a relationship? When we talk about husband and wife, when two people who are one flesh, who are committed to one another, who, are, who have made uh, lifelong vows, it's like through the pain, through the suffering, we're going to tether ourselves to Christ because if we tethered ourselves, in, if we tethered ourselves to each other, yeah. that wouldn't be good enough. Yeah. That's, where, that's where the sadness comes in. It's, and I think you know, Christians, we can argue back and forth about gay marriage, we can argue back and forth about transgender, right, all that stuff, but really comes down to is what Beck is talking about, that individuals and people who are not tethered to the God who created them and the Savior who came and died for them. Right. Like, that's the bigger issue. Yeah. And them trying to figure that stuff out by what is love? What is relationships? Who am I? Mm-hmm. They're going to always be be just kind of trying to, to grasp for air. Yep. And, and they're going to come, as I think Russell Moore said a while back, he said... The, the, the conclusion to the this new um, revolution of homosexuality and transgender, at the end of the day, years down the road, people are going to be needed to be ministered to. Because sure. they're gonna, they're been, they've been lied to, I guess is, the, is what Dr. Moore said. They've been deceived. They've been told, oh, your life is going to be great now. You've made the most, um, you made this great revolutionary decision. You're so courageous. You're so wonderful. You're going to be so happy, and they're going to find out that that's not doesn't lead to joy. Right. And that's not because somehow like their personalities don't lead to joy, or their uh, money decisions don't lead to joy. They don't have Christ. That's why they won't have joy. Right. And to me, uh, the longer time goes on, uh, one of the most powerful things we'll be able to do in our lives is have a dinner table where we can invite people and just share. Meaningful time together, yeah. and, I, and I hope that, that we're doing that. That's, a, that's a, a value you find present in the New Testament, hospitality. It's, it is needed. We all need it. We all need these relationships, and it's going to become... Uh, modern man, I think, is just, just through a desert, just parched. And this is, this is uh, unfortunately, this looks to me, just what you're saying, a, a recipe for just... More emptiness. Yeah. Uh, so so it's grievous to, grievous to me. I, I it, it, it I don't think she is going to find what she's looking for, and that's mm-hmm. that's that's the motivation for talking about this. Especially since we we have moved out of since the industrial revolution, we have moved out of the 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 workers and bourgeoisie revolutions, and you know that those things that obviously led to the Soviet Russian revolution and Soviet Union and. China and the other areas that had become communistic, where it was about the workers and who is the working man, and you know, you know, uh, his lack of materials and resources. That if that were to change, if if there was an equality of resources, then everyone would be happy. Well, that obviously didn't lead right. to that, did right. it? 
But now in the Western world, we're not arguing for the the modern working man and how he is. Who is he? Now it's just like people who have money, people who have. I mean, Ellen Page probably has a fairly wealthy lifestyle. I mean, not a lifestyle, but she probably has resources, right? Yeah. She's an actress. She's in a Disney TV show, which sure. is, you know, probably she can pay pretty well. So money is not helping her to find who she is. And so she's got to look for something else. And I think the the Western man or woman who pretty much is wealthier than most people in the world, how how are they defining who they are? And some of them are still trying, well, if I was just richer, if I just had more money, if I had more money than the person next to me, that would make me more happy. Then I know who I truly am. Or if I had some important position or job, or if I was looked to as someone who was inspirational or someone who had influence, then that would probably make me happy. Or if I changed my gender, or something, everyone's trying to grab yeah. for something, but what they're grabbing for is literally thin air. I mean, there's yeah. nothing there. Yeah. And that's why Jesus is the light bearer. And I think if you can tell anyone this Christmas season what's significant about Christmas and say, well, Jesus, the one who came in the manger, if you want to be the best you, if you want to be the best human you can be, if you don't look at the one in the manger, then you've got no hope. Yeah. Regardless of how significant you are, how smart you are, how, how much influence you are or whatever.